Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. I'm Jennifer Ross. And this time we are going to be talking about maximum absorbency garments. <laughs> In other words, adult diapers. <laughs> we had a problem here. This is Houston. Say again, please. Oh, uh, Houston, we've had a problem. We got a wow. problem in our maximum absorbency garments <laughs> and our adult diapers. This was, you know what, I remember when covering this story and thinking, you're an astronaut for NASA. You go into space. You fly on a space shuttle. And then you have this kind of mental breakdown? You operate a robotic arm. Wow. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'm sorry. There's, no, it's fine. But again, <laughs> this is all happening in Florida. All of this stuff. Florida is the place to be, let me tell you. We are the hotbed of craziness. craziness. <laughs> you owe me a Coke. <laughs> Um, so, SpaceX, in cooperation with NASA, is getting ready to send humans back into space. Right. And so... Five, four, love the countdown. three, two... That was a reason one. one zero, ignition, liftoff. That's when they sent the Space Link satellites up so that we can get internet from anywhere on the planet, including yeah. here in West Palm Beach. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll now work. Uh, they sent 60 up. They're uh, eventually sending up, I think it's like 12,000. It's absurd amount of uh, satellites. And they'll be connected like if you took a deck of cards and you splayed it out and you folded it out. That's what it's going to look like in space. Oh, cool. And they're all going to be interconnected and they will provide internet service to the remote areas of the world, like in the middle of the Congo, in the middle of the Amazon, wherever, middle of Russia. Yeah, because, you know, up until now, James Bond has been the only person that can get a connection anywhere he goes. <laughs> right? So true. Oh, my. So, well, NASA's come a long way and now you've got SpaceX, you've got a private company with Elon Musk helping them out, but... NASA's had its share of problems. If you remember, January 28th, 1986, where were you when this happened? Challenger, go and throttle up. Challenger, go and throttle up. We have a report from the flight dynamics officer that the vehicle has exploded. Flight director confirms that. We are looking at uh, checking with the recovery forces to see uh, what can be done at this point. That was, I remember like it was yesterday, I worked at a radio station in West Palm Beach called uh, 97.9 WRMF. We were one of the few bastions of hope for NASA, and we were the only radio station in all of South Florida that covered the shuttle launches live. Because by then it had become like, eh, it's another launch, big deal. Challenger was made famous because of... Krista McAuliffe. Krista McAuliffe being on there, the first, you know, civilian teach teacher. That's right. She went up. And we were standing along Flagler Drive in West Palm Beach, right along the waterfront, walking, me and the program director, his name was Russ, and we're watching, and all of a sudden it was a beautiful crystal right. blue sky, not a cloud around, and all of a sudden he went, son of a... He said the it thing made just that blew y. up. Yeah, it made a Y in the sky. Uh, the O-ring seals failed at 73 seconds in. Challenger, go and throttle up. And they did, and then... We have a report from the flight dynamics officer that the vehicle has exploded. And the, they oh, said the horrible. crew was still alive in the capsule. No, thank you. They may you. have been knocked out for a little bit, but they came back, too, when they got back into the atmosphere that they died on re-entry or when they crashed into the ocean. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It there was... were five astronauts and a payload specialist and the civilian teacher, Kristen McAuliffe. And I was at the Manatee County Commission meeting, and my news director calls me <laughs> on the on the dial-up phone there in the office. You know, <laughs> oh, geez, they, didn't, they didn't have cell phones. Yeah, yeah. I went to the, you have a call in the office. I'm like, what? He says, yeah, the Challenger just blew up. So I ran outside and I looked at the sky, 
and, and I'm over in Manatee. Yeah, I could see it. So I run back in and I run up to the council and I tell the commissioner, the challenger just blew up and they had a moment of silence. And the next morning I had just come from KGU Radio in Honolulu and got this new job at WBRD in a orange grove for nine thousand dollars a year in manatee county down the walls of financial success (laughs) and i had sound on my little cassette tape that i had saved from my interview at kgu with ellison onizuka he had been on the shuttle mission prior and he was from hawaii and he took up macadamia nuts and all kinds of hawaiian things he was really a cool interview i called him in houston and we did this interview and he described re-entry and takeoff it sounds like metal clanging on metal and i had this sound of him the next morning and my news director hears about drives off the road driving into work because it's like oh my god she's got one of the dead astronauts on there but it really hit home because i felt like i knew him Wow. And it hit home for the students of Krista McCollum. Oh, remember? I think it was almost every middle school in the country was watching that launch because of her. Her family was at NASA watching it at the Cape. Can you imagine? No. Initially, when they were carrying it live, people didn't realize what happened. You know, they kept saying, oh, you know, it's uh, still traveling at this rate of speed, 550,000 feet per second or whatever. And then they're like, oh. uh, We have a report from the flight dynamics officer that the vehicle has exploded. You know, when you looked at it, you could tell it exploded. Yeah, you could. It was a definite break in the sky with the the contrails. It was like, whoa. (sighs) So that was was 1986. So Ronald Reagan goes on that night. He was going to give the State of the Union that night. Oh, that's right. And it got interrupted. And he, he says, oh, we have to have, you know, moment of silence. And this is horrific. And then you remember in February 2003, the Columbia burned up on reentry into the atmosphere. That. And it was on a Sunday and it didn't yes. get a lot of attention because it happened on a Sunday morning. And then one of the astronauts legs fell in a farm. And oh, oh it was and they horrendous. found parts. Remember, all across Texas, they found parts of that ship. It was it was horrible. Well, it took off and a piece of foam, a piece of foam hit they thought it hit one of the the heat tiles but what it did was it hit one of the front part of the wing and they did a test and they realized yeah even this foam at the rate when they take off it made a big hole in the wing in the side of the wing and so when they entered started re-entry the thing just burned up so the, the leading edge of the wing that heat shield in the tiles it just made a big hole so uh this was part oh. of of that And there's nobody there. During that re-entry process, if you really don't understand the shuttle, that whole program, they lose contact with the ship for, I think it's like 45 seconds when it comes through re-entry. What, do they have T-Mobile or Verizon? One of the two. (laughs) But they, because of... Do you hear me now? Yes, because of that re-entry, and I don't know why there's no contact, but it's because of the intense heat and everything else. Because it's hot. They they can't talk to who's ever in, in the shuttle coming back or the capsule coming back. So this blew up after the fact. So they were trying to get in touch with them thinking, okay, it's you're out of that, you know, scary zone we can talk to you again and no one answered it was it was it was horrible horrible i remember and that stuff kept falling all over texas so meanwhile the whole shuttle program ended august 2011 and at that time uh there were three remaining shuttles oh my that sounds horrible they had each flown 25 33 and 39 times and they were designed to fly maybe 100 flights each right so they still had some life in them but what happened now what SpaceX does is they're able to land the booster cores safely, all three of them, back on land, one of them on a drone ship and the other two on cement platforms, and they can reuse it, which is a lot 
that's less amazing expensive. that you can reuse one of these rockets. Yes. Yeah, so because all they do is hold the fuel that boosts uh, the other part, the little capsule part into space. That's right. And so now uh, we did have that SpaceX capsule, the human capsule that exploded back in April, but the shuttle never met its promise for low cost access to space by virtue of its systems reusability because it wasn't reusable. They just, all of that crap fell into the ocean and that was it. So after the Challenger blew up in 86 and Columbia burned on reentry in 2003, just three years later in 2006 mm-hmm. and 2007, NASA's shuttle program got another black eye. Yeah, but it had nothing to do with going to space. No. Well, it sort of did. It kind of, sort of. It 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 was like a love triangle in space. Well, one of them was on the ground, though. Well, they all right? went up eventually. They all went up. Yeah, the one. Yes, the girlfriend was on the ground, but Lisa Nowak was a naval flight officer. She still is. She's still, well. No. No, they she's got not, rid of her. They. She, I'm just saying she's not dead. Well, <laughs> yeah, true. But she was. Yeah, and a NASA astronaut. And she flew aboard the shuttle Discovery. Right. Which is not one of the two that blew up. Okay, so during the STS Mission 121, which is Space... Transportation System. System, July 2006, she was on board the Discovery responsible for operating the robotic arms. I mean, how smart and educated and flight hours did you have to have to be like operating robotic arms on the space station from the shuttle at the International Space Station? That is just, that's amazing how intelligent she must be to enable you know to be able to do that but a little tightly wound just a little now let me ask you this was the gentleman involved the astronaut was he the because he was the pilot was he the pilot of the same mission no interestingly enough he was a pilot of another mission as well he completed his only mission as the pilot of STS-116. Okay. So she was on STS, what did I say, 121? Right. Yeah, so. Okay, so there are a couple in between. Right. So that was, how do you pronounce his last name? It's Bill, is it uh, Olafon? Yeah, let's just go with that. Ophaline? Ophaline? Ophaline. I don't know, it's weird spelled. Bill Bumbling Oaf. <laughs> Bill, I didn't know I had a crazy NASA astronaut. Oh, my God. Girlfriend. So listen, in 85, Noek, she received her Bachelor of Science degree in Aerospace Engineering. Wow. From the United States Naval Academy. In 92, she earned both the Master of Science degree in Aeronautical Engineering and received her commission with the U.S. Navy. So how smart do you have super, to be? Super, super smart. She uh, actually became a Naval Flight Officer in Pensacola, Florida. She was then assigned to the Electronic Warfare Aggressor Squadron in Magoo, California, and she flew EA-7L and ERA-3B aircraft. What is that? I don't know. Things that go fast in the yeah. sky. Okay. And uh, she supported the U.S. Pacific Fleet in small and large exercises and Jeez. with jamming and missile profiles. So she actually was awarded the Defense Meritorious Service Medal, the Navy Commendation Medal, the Navy Achievement Medal, and other awards. Wow. So she was like, you know, flying high in her career. Yeah. But then she crashed and burned. Boy, did she ever. I'm 100% certain that Lisa Nowak came here to murder me. What? Wow. That is Colleen Shipman. Now, where does she fit in all okay, this? Okay, so it started with, at the end of her marriage, Lisa Nowak started a relationship with this William Oliphant after his divorce. So she was still married, and she started this affair with him in 2006. They dated for like two years. Okay. And he had just gotten a divorce. All righty. So he had just completed his mission, uh, his only one, as I said, on STS-116 in 2006. She called him. 12 times when he landed and left seven messages. She oh, my goodness. Completely obsessive. Um, 
but he gained media attention because February 5th, 2007, Lisa Nowak was arrested right here in Orlando, Florida, charged with attempting to kidnap his girlfriend. That would be Bill Oliphant's, or Oliphine, however you say his name, his girlfriend. Yeah. His new girlfriend. His new girlfriend. Okay. U.S. Air Force Captain Colleen Shipman. Okay. Blonde. Pretty. <laughs> Pretty. Pretty lady. Yeah. So Oliphant was beginning to break off their relationship with his with Lisa Nowak. They still rode bikes and they did races and stuff together and they still worked out together. He, you know, he's trying to cut the cord and he's seeing Colleen on the side. And so during this time, he started the relationship up with Colleen and she was working as an engineer with the 45th Space Wing at Patrick Air Force Base in Florida. OK, makes sense. And Lisa Nowak... She's a whack job. She She became a a whack job. She became a whack job. It was a very, very appropriate name for her. Yeah. So she decided, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but she finally finds out that this Colleen Chipman is dating her ex-boyfriend. Yes. And she doesn't want any part of it. Remember, she married Richard Nowak, who was a classmate at both the U.S. Naval Academy and Flight School, and then they had three children, and then they divorced in 2007. So just before all of this happened, she gets divorced. Actually, it was during, so 2007. Six, they started dating and then she got a divorce during it so i think she kind of threw away richard for bill bill and then bill dumped her for colleen wow so it was kind of like a double whammy yes for her so right. i can understand this is what happens when you get involved yeah so. matters of the heart have such a profound effect on the brain it's scary well and in this case it had a really profound effect it's this ama- was nuts it's amazing how love and jealousy and I don't know, I don't want to call it rage or revenge, can totally derail someone who is educated and smart and accomplished, a mother of three who had it all going for her. For one guy. For one guy. You know, when you look at it from the outside looking in, it sounds very logical. Like, why would you even do this? But when you're in it, there's no logic at all. There's something chemical that happens, I think. I don't know what it is, but this is what she did. Mm. Lisa Nowak drove from Houston to Orlando in February of 2007. Okay. And in her vehicle, she packed latex gloves, a black wig, okay. a BB pistol, oh, wonderful. and ammunition, mm. pepper spray, wonderful. a hooded trench coat, Oh, great! a two-pound drilling hammer. What is that? It's, I don't know. A drilling hammer. A hammer that drills? Drills, I guess. I'm going to go look that up. Okay. Black gloves, rubber tubing, plastic garbage bags. Who is she uh, Who is she kidnapping? Colleen. Because that's, that's what she's trying. That's what she's getting ready Colleen, for. Colleen, yeah. So she's driving from Texas, where she lives, Houston. to Orlando. Orlando, 900 miles without okay. stopping. Oh, Okay. And she had $585 in cash, her computer, an 8-inch Gerber folding knife. Oh, jeez. A handwritten note on USS Nimitz stationery listing Colleen Shipman's flight information and the flight controller's log paper with a handwritten list of more than 24 items including sneakers, plastic gloves, contacts, cash, umbrella, black sweats, floppy disk. Now get this, the disk contained two photographs of Nowak riding in a bicycle race, which she used to do with With Bill. Bill. 15 images depicting an unidentified woman in different stages of undress and nearly all the photos and drawings depicted scenes of bondage. Ooh. Okay. 
They also found four paper bags with 69 orange pills. What the hell were the pills for? They were never publicly identified. Wow. Orange pills. So she packed all this before driving 900 miles to Florida. Now, go ahead. Your drilling hammer? Yeah. Sledgehammer. Whoa. Oh, yeah. It, it, it could do some serious harm. Oh, <laughs> you want to whack somebody in the head really? with it. Yeah. And plus, she had the knife, the Gerber knife. Um, so, this now there was some, nuts. this was a bone of contention, but early police reports indicated that Lisa Nowak wore maximum absorbency garments during the trip. What is that? Those are adult astronaut diapers. Okay. So she's wearing diapers so she doesn't have to stop in the 900 miles that she's driving from Houston to Orlando to confront Bill's new girlfriend, Colleen Shipman. Whose flight was arriving at Orlando International Airport at a certain time that Actually, Lisa had written down on her U.S. as Nimitz. Great. Paper. Paper. Isn't this wonderful? So she gets... She said later, no, I didn't have them. I think she was embarrassed. I think out of all the all of this that's happening, she was most embarrassed that she was wearing, wearing diapers. diapers. <laughs> Forget the fact that I'm driving almost a thousand miles to go kill somebody, uh, but I wore diapers. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, so what happens? Does she get to Orlando? Yeah. So February 5th, she does. February 5th, 2007, Nowak arrives at Orlando International Airport. So she waits for about an hour in the baggage claim area. There's video of all this. Okay. So she's stalking this. Remember, this she's point. got the yeah. black wig on and the trench coat with the hood. Yeah. Now she's a blonde to begin with. So no, she has brown hair. The Colleen's the blonde. Okay. He, he traded up from the brunette, but he, she had a black wig. Okay. And then she proceeded to the airport parking lot. And this is where she confronted, she located Colleen Shipman, who had just arrived from Houston by plane. Why would she not fly? She, why would she drive and meet her? <laughs> that makes no sense. Maybe she couldn't afford a plane ticket. I don't know. She had $585 cash. I don't know. She figured it would, it would leave a trail. Figures if she drives, ah, there's no trail. Right, you know? okay. So Shipman then said, after she arrived, she was aware that someone was following her to an airport satellite parking area. Okay, how creepy is that? Because whenever I park in one of those satellite, just a regular parking garage, if there's anybody around me, I, you kidding me? My firearm's out in an instant because I think I'm getting mugged. Yeah. So, you know, this is back 2007. Right, I forget you. Yeah, I, I pack, so. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty little lavender Glock, by the way. R really? Yeah, pretty. I'll show oh it to you someday. God, I love it. Um, anyway, uh, so this poor woman, this She's... shipment chick. Now, does she have any idea that this other chick exists, this Lisa Nowak? Yes, she has been stalking her. Oh, geez, so she knew. Yes. All right, so All right, she knows so somebody's following her. Here they are in the airport satellite parking area. And when... Colleen Shipman got into her car. She heard footsteps, somebody running. And oh, she, my God. She, <laughs> I die right there. She quickly closes and locks the door. Thank God. So Nowak, Lisa Nowak, runs up to the door, slaps the window, and tried to open the car door. <laughs> and then she asks for a ride. Okay. And then she starts crying. Alrighty. So we're a little unhinged at this point. A little unhinged? Okay, you've driven 900 miles with everything in your power to kidnap and kill the woman that you're about to confront. So it's all going to hell in a handbasket because she's locked the door. Well, you have a sledgehammer. Oh, that's, and you have that, you have that sledgehammer, but she left that in the car, which God knows is how far, how far away from her was, she, her, was her car. Uh, I don't know if her car was also in the satellite parking area, but 
because she went all the way from baggage claim and followed yeah, her so out. So I, maybe the, she got separated from the Thank God, because if she had this sledgehammer, she probably would have trashed the windows. She wouldn't have needed it because Shipman rolls the window down. Oh, come on. A couple of inches. What's wrong with this woman? Then Nowak sprays the pepper spray oh my in God. the car. <laughs> oh, jeez. Shipman, what is wrong with you? You're too trusting. Uh, this woman is crying and asking for a ride, and you don't. Well, maybe she didn't know what Nowak looked like, but anyway. Well, she had she's the wig. She's well, she got the wig on, yeah. She has no idea who she is. <sighs> so then Shipman drives off to the parking lot booth where the police were summoned. She goes, you know, she pulls up to the toll taker. She's lucky she, she goes, could even do that. And she's, you ever been pepper sprayed? That's tough. Yeah, that's hurts. horrible. Ugh. So several Orlando Police Department Aviation Division officers, remember you're at the airport. Right. They arrived within minutes. With the first officer, he observed Nowak throwing a bag into the trash at the parking shuttle bus stop. Oh, so she's getting rid of all the evidence, or she thought she So this is add obstruction to this long (laughs) list of crimes she's stacked up. (laughs) So May 11, 2007, authorities released the surveillance video from the Orlando International Airport terminal. It purportedly showed Nowak waiting nearly an hour standing near baggage claim, and she was wearing the trench coat, and then later following shipment after she retrieved her bag. So she watched her get her bags, and she followed her to the car. Well, that's proof of premeditation. Thank you very much. If you didn't have it already, that she drove 900 miles. So when this all went down, they kind of came down hard on Lisa Nowak. She was arrested at the airport, at Orlando Airport, charged with attempted kidnapping, battery, attempted vehicle burglary with battery, and destruction of evidence. Wow. She was also then charged with attempted first-degree murder with a deadly weapon. She was held in jail for two days. She posted a bond of $10,000. Where's and the attempted murder with a deadly weapon coming? Because she had a gun? I don't know what she had on her person, but it certainly can't be the pepper spray, but they found all the stuff in the trunk. So she had the knife, the eight-inch knife, and she had and the... And that sledgehammer, sledgehammer thing, yeah. That doesn't mm. help. Yeah, I guess. Plastic bags, so, yeah, diapers, yeah. Uh, of course, Claire Shipman. Claire Shipman. That's um, Colleen Shipman. Yeah, right. but there's a Claire Shipman on MSNBC. Oh, really? I always mix up everybody with news anchors. <laughs> she had a handwritten request for a restraining order against Nowak. That'd after, probably be a after good, the arrest. It could be a smart thing to because ask they let for. her out of jail. Why oh, would they? You know, this woman needed psychiatric help. There was no doubt about that. So Shipman referred to Nowak as an acquaintance of her boyfriend, but did not identify. She didn't even identify Olafleon. And she said that Nowak had been stalking her for two months. Wow. All this for a guy. So what happens to Lisa Nowak in the meantime? She ends up going to court, right? Yeah. So she tells investigators she was involved in a relationship with this man. She described as being more than a working relationship, but less than a romantic relationship. So then why did you get the divorce? That's my question. Well, yeah. I think she was just a good booty call. Oh, (laughs) jeez. But the police said, look. They cited evidence of elaborate planning, disguises, weapons, and they recommended she be held without bail. But as I said, they gave her $10,000 bond as she got out on February 15th. So February 13th, uh, 2007, she pled not guilty to those charges of attempted murder and attempted kidnapping. That's heavy-duty stuff. Yeah. Can you imagine? That was public by now that this NASA astronaut— Oh, I remember. But you're right. The only thing anybody talked about was that damn diapers. diapers. Mm. She wore diapers across the country. So then the Florida prosecutors filed three formal charges against her. Attempted kidnapping with intent to inflict bodily harm or terrorize. Oh, jeez. Burglary of a conveyance with a weapon and battery. Was she really there just to scare the woman or was she planning on killing her? 
I, just to get her out of the picture. Because we never really found out the whole story. Did she ever admit to any of it? Yeah, well, the prosecutors declined to file the attempted murder charge that had been recommended by the Orlando police. She formally entered a plea of not guilty to the kidnapping charges because she never really got into the vehicle. Yeah, so, I mean, they didn't have her on much other than, you know, she probably scared the crap out of this girl and it maybe threatened her, but she didn't, you know, kidnap her. She didn't try to kill her. I think when Colleen took off in the car when she sprayed the pepper spray, I think she was trying to debilitate her with the pepper spray and then get into the car okay. and then maybe take her. But, but, but Colleen all, took off and went to the, the toll booth. That's that's all, you know, that's all speculation. speculation on your part. It never actually took place. If I were her attorney, I would be like, okay, she lost it. She's pepper sprayed her just to stop her. But she drove 900 miles and had 900 miles to think about it with all this crap in the trunk. I, I You know what? But if she had a good attorney, she gets off. Well, what happened is that she started arguing that she had some mental problems. That's all you got to do is say I'm crazy, and then they're going to say, okay, here, you go to the Looney Tune for a couple of years, and then they let you go. Yeah. Is that what happened with I don't even know what happened to her. Okay, so the judge unsealed the court document indicating Noack intended to pursue the insanity defense. Uh-huh. Hmm. According to the documents submitted by her lawyer, she was evaluated by two psychiatrists. Get ready. This is a woman that went up in space. She was diagnosed with, now this fits, obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Okay, Okay. I get that. 12 calls, 7 messages when he lands from his shuttle mission. Asperger syndrome. Really? Well, explain how smart she was. A single episode of major depressive disorder. I would assume that happened there at the airport. Yeah, when she, well, probably the whole span of that, you know, day or two where she lost it. A brief psychotic disorder with marked stressors. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank God she had the diaper at the time of the incident. Wow. So she did she ever do time? She did two days in prison, and then after everything was said and done, she finally pled guilty to the lesser charges on November 10th, 2009. So this has been going on for two years. <laughs> My goodness. She was sentenced to a year's probation and two days already served in jail, no additional jail time. So she's free and clear now. Living, do we know where she is today? Uh, Did she go back to Houston? Well, the Naval Administrative Panel of three admirals voted to recommend that she be separated from the U.S. Navy with a, quote, other than honorable discharge. Oops. In her diaper. (laughs) And that her rank be reduced from captain to commander. Oh, so that's a big pay cut. Yeah, well, she wanted everything sealed and she got it so that it wouldn't hurt her in trying to get a job. She petitioned the court to seal the record of her criminal proceedings, citing harm to her family and their livelihood. Motion granted. But the thing that happened was Olafen admitted to the two-year affair with Nowak, and he and Nowak became the first astronauts ever dismissed from NASA. Following the dismissals, NASA created its first astronaut code of conduct. Now, why did he get dismissed? What did he do wrong? Well, maybe you're not supposed to fraternize with anybody else that's an astronaut. So do you think astronauts are having sex up there at the oh, International Space Station? They're up there for nine, ten months. What do you think they're doing? <laughs> <laughs> they're probably like Wait, rabbits. Wait, sex. <laughs> well, they're like rabbits. Come on. 
and there's there's, there's two women up there now, I think. Oh, two women. Yeah, oh. don't you remember the last spacewalk? Oh, that's right. They had one, the one suit. They had one suit. So <laughs> Looks one, better one. on me. Does this make my butt look big out in space? <laughs> remember? So, oh, yeah, yeah. They're still there. They're both still there. That takes a special breed to do that. I'm sorry. So, well, get this. They had their first astronaut code of conduct. You'd think that they would have come up with this before. Well, which which makes me wonder, why did they dismiss him if there wasn't a code of conduct before that? I don't know. I think there's more to that. But what they found out, they did a whole investigation, and they found out, they, they alleged in the investigation that their, the panel raised questions in regards to possible alcohol use prior to flight. We're talking about drunk astronauts taking off. Come on. Yeah. Are they just trying to do that to besmirch their images? I can't imagine that these astronauts... Maybe you're taking a shot before you lift off because it could be the last time you do anything. You got to realize you're sitting on a, a bomb. And those shuttle astronaut, those shuttle launches, those two big rocket boosters, they're filled with liquid nitrogen. That's all that is, is two big bombs you're sitting on, and you're in that little capsule. I'd, I'd drink, too, if I had to go <laughs> up in that say, little space. I'd be drinking, too. So maybe they did do a couple of I'd shots. I'd be drinking rocket fuel. No, <laughs> just kidding. So Lisa Nowak, she finally pled guilty to lesser charges, and she had to allocute in the courtroom. Say, I'm sorry. Here's Colleen Shipman. Now, almost three years later, I'm still reeling from her vicious attack, and I'm still trying to put my life back together. She pepper sprayed her. You open the window. Yeah, well. And how could she not know who she was if she was being stalked for two months by the woman? And here's Lisa. I am sincerely sorry for causing fear and misunderstanding and all of the intense public exposure that you have suffered. Mm. No, you haven't. Fear and misunderstanding? And public exposure. Okay. So where's Lisa Nowak today? Do we know? Uh, No. She's Do you know where Colleen Shipman is? No. Married to Bill Oliphant, living in Anchorage, Alaska. No! Yes. She married him? They married each other, yes. Well, there you go. So see, it worked out well in the end. That is so, I can't believe they're married. Yeah, they got married. And they went to Alaska as far away as possible. Well, that's where he's from. Oh. He was from Anchorage, so they went back to his hometown. As a matter of fact, a couple of years ago... He made news again because he had a crash land a plane he was flying. <laughs> and he survived it. And they said, the NTSB said it took one hell of a pilot oh. to actually survive and actually land the plane the way he did because of the problems the plane had. Oh, my gosh. That he was like, so you know, So he was a super, good pilot. So he was like a super pilot, yeah. So. But where is Lisa Nowak today? She's working in the private sector and lives in a modest Texas home. She's she's now 54, vanished from public life. Her oldest son turned 25, uh, and her twin daughter, she has twin daughters, are 16, Yep. and lives in a modest home. And That's she's it. put the tough times in her past. She's doing well. Well, good for her. And then he married the bitch. Shipman married. They got married in 2010. They live in Alaska with their young son. Wow. They have a website called Adventure Right. It promotes writing for children. Oh, I thought it promotes trips from Houston to Orlando in less than eight hours. So that's where they all are. How do you like that? Oh, well, that's Life that's kind of good news. Life goes on. This too shall pass. Well, I don't know about for what's her name. Noack. Yeah, I don't think it ever. Everyone's always going to remember her as the diaper wearing astronaut. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, by the way, SpaceX holds a multi-billion dollar deal with NASA to fly the astronauts to and from the ISS so that 
the Crew Dragon and a, and the company's Falcon 9 rocket are expected to go into space with humans within this year. Yeah, they're saying by December. I don't know if I'd want to be one of those first people. I just don't trust those things yet. Well, I think Lisa's available. <laughs> uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. Lisa's back. <laughs> We're terrible. All right. And uh, that ends another episode of Full Rigor. I'm Jennifer Ross. I'm Karen Curtis. Until next time. Don't forget your diapers. <laughs> <laughs> Change your diapers. <laughs>